You're listening to a sermon from Ketchikan Church of the Nazarene. For more sermons or information about our church, please visit ktnnaz.org or like Ketchikan Naz on Facebook. Hey y'all, Pastor Peter here from Ketchikan Church of the Nazarene again. Doing a short recap video of the sermon from yesterday. Again, had some technical difficulties and uh, just wanted to make sure that uh, we had a recap for the sermon for those of you who weren't here because it was Memorial Day weekend, beautiful day. King Salmon Derby was going on, a lot of stuff happening, so we wanted to make sure that everyone had a chance to hear the gospel from yesterday's message. So here's just a brief recap from yesterday. We were in Matthew chapter 20, verses 17 through the end of the chapter, and this is directly following the parable of the vineyard workers. Jesus is still working on his disciples in terms of what does it mean to be a humble servant versus someone who is trying to get something for their own gain. Um, and he's teaching us three things from this passage. The, the first and foremost thing that he teaches us is that he, Jesus, is the best possible example of what a humble servant is. And so he demonstrates that in a couple of ways. First, he tells his disciples, listen, I came to earth to die for the sins of men. I will go and I will be flogged. I will be mocked. I will be ridiculed. I will die on the cross and then I will be raised again on the third day. And so he's saying, listen, I'm about to endure something that is completely humiliating for the sake of the world. Um, and then immediately on the heels of that, um, James and John, the two sons of Zebedee and their mother, come and talk to Jesus. And, uh, and they ask their mother to ask Jesus a question. And so she asked Jesus, can my sons in the kingdom sit one on your right side and one on your left side? I.e., could they have the two places of most greatest authority? Because if you're sitting directly next to Jesus, in their minds, obviously, you have greater authority than the dude who's sitting far down the line at the table, right? And so they wanted to be closest to Jesus in the kingdom. Um, and Jesus uh, didn't respond to the mother, but he turned to the two brothers and he said, uh, can you drink from the cup? Can you do um, the things that I've just explained that I'm going to do, i.e. die for the sins of the world and be suffered and, and suffer and be ridiculed and be mocked and flogged and those kinds of things? And they answered most assuredly, yes, we can. And I don't think they knew exactly what they were saying yes to, but they really wanted to have the greatness that Jesus was talking about. So Jesus said, listen, I understand you're striving for greatness. If you want to be great, then why don't I take that desire and switch it from earthly greatness to kingdom greatness? Because um, the two brothers um, were striving for earthly greatness, and it only displayed the fact that they were ignorant about kingdom priorities. The very things that Jesus has been trying to teach them for um, several months, maybe even years at this point, um, Jesus, uh, Jesus said, man, they just don't get it yet. And so he said, listen, I want to take your passion for greatness, but I want to turn it from earthly greatness to kingdom greatness. And I want to teach you what that will be like. Um, so he says, listen, it's that you would no longer be self-seeking, but that you would seek the welfare of other people. Just like Jesus entered into humanity and gave up his rights to um, the authority and the the uh, glory and the praise and the honor that's due to him in heaven when he came to earth. Um, he set all of those things aside so that he could enter into humanity and humbly serve. Jesus says, listen, don't strive for greatness uh, while you're here. Why don't you set aside greatness and strive to help other people? Help the least of those around you. And that gets to the third point. Um, the greatest in the kingdom will always stop to serve the least. So Jesus has talked about how he um, was in heaven and he came to earth to die for the sins of the world. He challenged his disciples to uh, follow in that mindset of giving up the idea of earthly greatness and pursuing kingdom greatness 
by serving other people, maybe the folks that are least servable. Um, and to demonstrate that, it just so happened that there were two blind men there that day, and they were crying out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on us. And the crowd said, shush, be quiet, don't bother Jesus, he's too great for you. And yet Jesus said, I won't have any of that. And so he went over to the two blind men, and he didn't just take up an offering for them to help them out. He didn't just give them canned food and send them on their way. What he did was he got down on their level, and he knelt down, and he touched them. He touched the homeless uh, beggars who were blind, and he prayed for them, and they were healed, and they received sight and followed Jesus from that point forward. Um, it teaches us a few things um, about Jesus. One, he's not scared of getting dirty. He's not a great king who won't get dirty. He is a great king who will enter into our mess, our lives, touch us where we are broken, and heal us and pray for us. And then he says, those who follow after me should be doing the same kinds of things. And so I ran everyone through on Sunday a heart check. I want to run it through you guys as well. And it starts off with these questions. When was the last time you touched a homeless person? When was the last time you laid hands on someone who was sick and prayed for them? When was the last time you sat in silence and prayed for someone who was in great turmoil and you didn't have words to express? When was the last time you visited someone in jail, checked in on a widow or an orphan, and met a need in someone's life without being asked? Jesus is saying that sometimes our lives become so consumed with our lives, our greatness, the way we do things, our time, our busyness, our money, our family, we forget to schedule time to uh, be generous and serve other people and stop when we see a need and take care of it. So um, here's some more questions for you. Do you humbly receive instruction and correction from the Lord? Um, servants of God are students of God, and so if you are not taking time to receive instruction from the Lord, um, you might have a problem following him and going in his example. It needs to be that you are a student of God so that you may be a servant of God. You need to be able to humble yourself before his teaching and receive correction so that you can learn to be a humble servant as he is. What about this? Do you consider the needs of others above your own comfort and above your own wants? Maybe you've been saving for something for a long time. A new pair of sneakers, a new camera, a new gun, a new fishing pole, whatever it is, new boat. Um, and you find out your neighbor has a great need. Are you willing to sacrifice your saving fund for that so that they can have their need met? Maybe they need groceries. Maybe they need a car payment made because their husband just passed away and they're struggling. What needs are you aware of that you can meet with the resources that you have? And do you consider those needs more important than saving for your wants? How about this one? Do you do thankless and menial tasks for the glory of God and the good of others? You know those things that no one else will see, no one else will know about, um, and you just do them because it's the right thing to do and you want to give glory to God. Um, those things are important to do to see um, the glory given in those moments. Uh, only God will know about them and only you will know about them, but they may go to uh, great lengths to minister to someone. What about this? Do you encourage people with your words more than you criticize them? We have a great ability, James says, to set a fire with our tongue. So are you using that fire to criticize people behind their back or to their face? 
Or are you using that uh, fire with your tongue to fan the flame of the Holy Spirit in someone's life and breathe hope and life into a situation that might seem hopeless? Jesus knelt down and identified with the two blind men and said, I don't just see you for your struggles, but I see past those struggles into who you can be with me in your life. Are you willing to speak that kind of hope into people's lives? But what about this one? Are you able to serve and are you able to be served? Sometimes we think that humility is, oh no, I'll always serve people and I won't let anyone serve me, but that's really a very proud thing to say. People need to be served at different points and times in their life. And if you can't be served, then you are proud. And that might be something you need to talk with God about. Yeah, other people have spiritual gifts that can minister to you. And the church is a place in which we are to serve and be served within the body of believers. So if you refuse to be served by other people, you're struggling against what Christ has designed for your life. Allow people to serve you in your moment of need. And when you are able to serve, then serve freely other people. And here's the last question. Do you continually ask the Holy Spirit to make you more like Jesus? Um, we can go our whole life and read the Bible and go to church and study scripture. Um, we can uh, pray about other things and um, Lord help me with and Lord can I please and Lord will you. Um, but real true life change comes when we sit before the throne of God in prayer and we say, Lord, I just want to be more like your son. Will you help me be more like Jesus? Will you transform me into the likeness of your son so that I might bring you glory and help the folks around me? If that's not a prayer you're praying, maybe that's the place you should start this morning. Take some time after the video ends and, uh, and just ask God to, first and foremost, transform me into the image of Christ. Maybe you need to receive Jesus for the first time today. Uh, maybe uh, he needs to enter into your mess and open your eyes so that uh, you can be healed and see the things around you. Maybe um, you're just struggling with something and you want God to speak into your life and give you truth and hope uh, like he did with those blind folks in this story this morning. Um, whatever it is, I'd say take some time and talk with God, but ask him to open your eyes like the blind folks did to the world around you so that you might see the hope and truth that he brings. Also, ask him to transform your heart into the likeness of his heart so that when you look at people around you, you don't just see um, problems, but you see opportunities to speak hope and truth and gospel just like Jesus does. Be transformed into the likeness of Christ. Know that God wants to do that for you and in you and through you, and he wants to use you to reach the people around you. Keep praying for your oikos, those unique uh, 8 to 15 people that you know. Uh, seek opportunities to serve them humbly. Do the menial things that no one else will see. Find opportunities to serve and pray for them and watch what God will do in your life and in theirs. God bless you. Hope to see you next Sunday. Uh, catch some kings and uh, win the derby for me, all right?